With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon across the Kanawha Valley. This is the Kanawha Valley Sports Report, December the 5th. 2022. Thank you all for joining me. I'm your host, Taylor Kennedy, and I appreciate you all tuning in to another edition of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Kennedy seven for all the latest about the show. Follow the 580 WCHS Twitter at 580 WCHS and the Metro News Twitter handle is at WV Metro News. And you can also go on our website at WV Metro News.com. And also the 580 WCHS website is WCHS.com. So a busy weekend just got unpacked here across the Canal Valley and even statewide for that matter. Super 6 weekend has concluded up at Wheeling Island Stadium. That concluded Saturday evening with the class single-A game. And then obviously a lot of high school hoops going on across the Canal Valley. Boys basketball will start this week. Girls basketball will continue into week number two. So a lot to get into. There's a lot of information that will be given over the next hour or so. And then moving forward, a lot of information regarding prep sports and even collegiate sports as well across the Kanawha Valley will take place on the show. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get to your podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well, that we can keep up to date with everything going on and even go back and listen to a previous show as well because all these shows are there, and I encourage you to do that as well. Super 6 weekend has concluded across the state of West Virginia it ended at Wheeling Island Stadium following the class single-A game between Williamstown and James Monroe, which we'll get to here in a second. But quick note, all three champions this season avenged their losses a season ago in the state title game. When you think about it, Huntington lost to Martinsburg. They beat Parkersburg South this year. Then in class AA, Independence beats Herbert Hoover. And Independence lost by nine to Fairmont Senior a season ago. And then... Williamstown avenges a loss to Ritchie County last season. They defeat James Monroe as well. So all three champions avenging their loss last season in the state title game up in Wheeling. So without further ado, let's break down each of these three state championship games. And let's start in class. Triple A between Huntington and Parkersburg South. The Huntington Highlanders pick up a 25-point victory over the Patriots of Parkersburg South winning by a final of 28-3. Huntington captures its first state title in program history. The Highlanders avenge a disappointing loss to Martinsburg last season at Wheeling Island Stadium. Parkersburg South came into the state final game averaging 52 points per game and 65 points per game in the postseason. 
and they only scored three points in the state final game against Huntington. Multiple turnovers were caused by Huntington's defense, so kudos to Billy Seals' defense. However, they slowed down a potent Patriots offense led by Robert Shockey and Cyrus Trawl at the wide receiver position. This is the Patriots' lowest point total since 2020 against John Marshall when they were shut out against the Monarchs. Parkersburg South finished the game with 15 penalties for 135 yards and 13 of the 15 penalties committed by the Patriots came in the second half of play. On Huntington's side, Zaza Jackson paved the way for Huntington on the ground running for 165 yards, which earned his team's most outstanding player honors. Huntington quarterback Gavin Locko also contributed 107 rushing yards and he also threw for 72 yards. He had a great game following a five-turnover performance against Martinsburg a season ago. Wide receiver slash defensive back Dwayne Harris led all tacklers with 12 total tackles in the game. On the flip side, Parkersburg South's Gage Wright rushed for 17 times for 122 yards, and that earned him South's most outstanding player honors. And then finally, Robert Shockey had rushed for over 1,100 yards leading into the state final game against the Highlanders. However, he was held to 18 yards in a potent defensive effort by the Huntington Highlanders. You can catch the full game highlights, both the broadcast and Joe Percato's highlights on the Metro News Twitter page at Metro News Prep on Twitter and on Facebook as well. And you can catch the full recap with a story posted by Greg Carey by going to the website at wvmetronews.com. In class AA, Independence wins by 35, winning by a final of 42-7 to over the ninth seed Herbert Hoover Huskies. Independence captures its first state title in program history. The Patriots, like Huntington, avenged last season's state final loss to Fairmont Senior, 21-12. Independence became the first undefeated Class AA team since Fairmont Senior in 2018. And get this, this is just an unbelievable record and season. The Judah Price, the young man for the Patriots, a.k.a. Donut Man, anytime Judah Price rushes for over 200 yards, he gets donuts for his offensive line. So a terrific gesture by Price. But staying with the game from Friday evening, Price set the single-game scoring record earlier this season. However, he added another record or two to his collection by running for 376 yards, which is a new Super 6 record. That record was previously held by Willing Central's Gino Bianconi back in 2011, whenever he rushed for 355 yards. And obviously, Price broke the Class AA record, which was previously held by Bridgeport's Dylan Tonkery. Tonkery eventually went on to play football at West Virginia University, and Tonkery rushed for 314 yards in the Class AA state championship game whenever he broke that record. And you think that's impressive? Well, I got one. I got another one for you. How about that? Price also broke away for a 95-yard touchdown in the game against Herbert Hoover, which is the longest play from scrimmage in Super 6 history. That's all he does. Price just continues to break records, and he is just on an absolute tear. And arguably, some would consider him the Kennedy Award recipient. And if that happens, Independence would have two players to win the award in back-to-back seasons. And the last time that happened came from Capital in 2014 and 2015. Price also forced an important fumble whenever Hoover had the ball on Independence's five-yard line in a very crucial drive for the Huskies. There was a drive that they were needing following a score by Independence. However, 
Obviously, Price shut that down by stripping the ball away from the Huskies. Herbert Hoover's rush attack was held in check, rushing for only 31 yards on 27 attempts. Sophomore Dane Hatfield threw effectively, however, going 14 of 22 for 106 yards through the year, including a touchdown pass to Andrew Rollison. Independence quarterback Trey Bowers, along with Price, rushed for 15 times for 118 yards. So congratulations to both Huntington and Independence. Then finally in class single A, Williamstown wins by 32 points, 52 to 20 over the James Monroe Mavericks. Williamstown captures its third state title in program history and its first since 2014. The Yellow Jackets rushed for 416 yards and get this, 272 of those came from Maxwell Melissa. He, all he does, he just runs around like he's just having a grand old time. He also found the end zone five times. So any every time you count on one of your hands, that's how many times he ran into the end zone. How about that? He also rushed for an average of 14 yards per carry against the Mavericks defense. Another stellar player for head coach Chris Beck, Ricky Allen, also had a solid rushing game. He rushed for 21 times, going for 116 yards. Then on the flip side, James Monroe's game plan quickly dwindled following a turnover on the first play from scrimmage by the Mavericks. Williamstown scored 24 unanswered points after James Monroe cut the Yellow Jackets lead to 8, 22-14 in the game. So they scored 24 unanswered following that 8-point deficit against Williamstown. The 52 points allowed by the Mavericks were 30 more than they surrendered in any other game this season and more than the 41 they allowed in 10 regular season games. The Yellow Jackets outgained the Mavericks 474 to 242, and James Monroe only ran for 120 yards in their game against the Yellow Jackets. Up next, we'll hear from Gavin Locko, the quarterback for the Huntington Highlanders. He had a great performance against Parkersburg South on Saturday. However, he also avenged a poor performance against the Martinsburg Bulldogs last season on the island. So we'll talk with Gavin about what went right for him, what does this mean for him, along with a lot of different things as well. And then our fourth segment, we're going to do something different. Yes, typically I do a lot of recapping and previewing of high school football scores. However, since it is basketball season, since we are transitioning into the winter months, I'm going to do something different. We're going to highlight a different college player from the Kanawha Valley in each of our shows leading up to the summer. So in that fourth segment, we will talk about who did I choose for the first player that we're going to highlight from the Kanawha Valley that is playing in the, at the collegiate level. So again, Gavin Locko is on deck, and we will get to him next here on the Kanawha Valley Sports Report. Welcome back into the Monday edition of the Kanawha Valley Sports Report, December the 5th, 2022. A busy weekend was just a busy weekend just finished up here across the Mountain State, and we had a lot of action from anywhere from high school basketball to prep sports in general, but also Super Six weekend just happened, and a lot of great talent, a lot of great talented players were played and also competed at the highest level in the state this past weekend. And a lot of great wins as well. As I mentioned in the first segment, all three teams avenged last season's losses in the state title game. And one of those, one of those 
teams that avenged the loss last season was the Huntington Highlanders, and they defeated a, an offensive perennial in Parkersburg South, winning by a final of 28-3 after losing last season in the class AAA final to Martinsburg at Wheeling Island Stadium. And we are pleased to be joined. We're welcoming back to the program because why not talk to the signal caller? Why not talk to one of the key guys in that victory for the Huntington Highlanders in quarterback, Gavin Locko. Gavin, welcome back to the program, my friend. Thank you for having me. Great to be on here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start here, man. I mean, I talked to you a few weeks back, and you you were really confident in this team. Everything comes full circle for you guys now. You guys win Huntington's first ever state title. What does this mean for you as a player? Before we talk about the team, what does this mean for you as a player? I mean, really, it's just no other way, no better way for me to go out than the last game to be a to be a win, to win the state championship. It's always been like a big goal in high school. Like my life's dream is to win the state championship, and that it really happened is just unbelievable. Talking about that game last year against Martinsburg, not the not the best of your performances. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, but for the way you guys went out last season to avenge that loss in the style that you guys did this season. What does that mean for you as a quarterback? You did, again, not a great performance, but at the same time, you countered that with a great performance on Saturday. What does that mean for you, having a good performance? Oh, for sure. That game against Spartansburg last year was the worst game we ever played, and I acknowledged it after the game. I, I owned up to it. I accepted it. And really, after the game, I just went to work, and I just never wanted something like that to happen again because I just felt like I let my team down. I let my coaches down. let everybody down. So really, all year, just from practicing all off, you know, working didn't want to let anybody down and help everyone achieve their goals from a team aspect what does this mean for you all to be able to capture Huntington's first state title in the school's history oh man it's awesome just seeing all the smiles and the guys faces the guys crying in the locker room I know the coaches are just so happy the city's happy finally been able to bring one home I love it okay walk me through this what was the celebration like following the state championship Man, it was just pure joy, pure excitement. It wasn't even like anything like too crazy where people were going crazy. It was just like not almost a shock, but people were just like just so happy. Like just couldn't even believe it. Just all the hard work, the extra hours, the practices, the long days just finally paid off. When you look at what happened in game one and for everything, again, I'm going to use the same terminology, for everything to come full circle and for you all to win the Class AAA state title game, were you surprised at all because you guys lose in week one to Spring Valley by one, but then you respond by going on a tremendous win streak? What did that mean for you? Well, to be honest, I wouldn't say I was surprised. I knew we had it in us, but I didn't know if it would click. Like, there were a few, like, after that game, the next few games, kind of, like, when we beat George Washington, I think it was week three, after that game, I was like, oh, we're going to be special. I could feel it. All, like, after that Valley game, instead of getting down, our guys went to work. We bought in. We we did what the coaches were asking us to do because week one we didn't do what we were coached to do, and we saw what happened. And then once everyone bought in, clicked. It, it was just so special. I want to hone in on that. So you mentioned that was the game that you figured out. Okay, this team's going to be special. At what point in that game did you say that? And not only like just because we won the game like we did, mainly because we went that whole week, Monday, when our guys came in, I could see it in our eyes. We were, like, the whole weekend, you could tell people and watching film, people been studying. It took the whole week serious. We had a great week of practice. And honestly, whenever, before, like, before the game, I knew we were going to be special because 
like the way the guys bought in all week. I didn't know how good or how bad like we were going to beat GW or anything, but midway through the game, we were up like 37. I was like, oh, we're going to be special. Let's go back to the state title performance against Parkersburg South. Their defense was arguably having a terrific last couple of games, along with their offense that was scoring an average of 65 points per game leading into that state final game. But you guys shut them down defensively. They, they Not a whole lot of success in regards to um, trying to slow you guys down necessarily. But how were you guys able to take advantage of what they were doing defensively and you guys be able to hang 28 points on a good defense? I would say that it really just took time. I mean, offensively, I, I, I wasn't playing the, the greatest. I mean, we just weren't doing our best in offense, but then slowly we warmed down, got the run game going, got some good stuff going. And then really it was just like once we scored one, we just kept going, kept pushing, never gave up. I can kind of tell like when we'd score a second, like when we were up 14-3, their guys kind of let down a little bit, and then we just kept pushing and got to 28. You obviously had some key guys step up for you in a lot of different ways. And let's just start with one of the one of those guys off the bat. That's your running back, Zaza Jackson. A terrific performance by him. What has Zaza meant for this team? That's my guy, man. I mean, he he shows up every day. Every, he don't ever say much either. He just comes in, puts his head down, and goes to work. When I saw him turn that corner on his big old touchdown run, I was oh, he's gone. I mean, that dude, he's he's special. He's gonna be special these next few years. What makes him enjoyable to play alongside? He's funny. He's like when I'm back there and we're, I mean, it'll be a tight game. We're back there getting ready to snap the ball and he'll just say something to me. It got me laughing. He just always knows when to, like, when to say something to me. You get me laughing, you get me calm down, whatever. And I, I just think it's the greatest thing because he, he never says anything. He never, he's not cocky. He just, he just gets the ball and runs as fast as he can. And that sounds like a dude right there. I mean, as, as you well know, that's a dude right there for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's only a sophomore. Yeah, that's the scary thing as well. Okay, so another guy I want to talk about is another guy that had another great performance. He scored multiple touchdowns for you guys. That was the Edridge Graves. And when you look at him, he was definitely a guy that definitely had a sneaky season because you have you, you have Zaza, and you have Dwayne. But then here comes Graves, and he has a great performance as well. What did – what did his performance mean for the team yesterday? I mean, I think really what it showed is what he's going to do next year. Because I think next year he's about to go off. And re- the thing is, he's, he's good as anyone in the state. He's a beast, man. And it just finally, like, he clicked and he got those touchdowns. Because he's been doing that all year. He just wasn't getting, like, the stats. I'm so happy for him that he finally showed up and showed everybody in the state what he's about. Did you cry? Honestly, I did a little bit. Like after after just seeing everyone, how excited they were, how happy everyone was, like the crowd, the coaches. It was just pure joy. I've never seen anything like it. Now I say that not to poke fun at you, but I say that in a way to just try and see how much emotion you showed. So that's why I didn't. It's not nothing I was gonna just bash you for. Because obviously, <laughs> if you don't cry in a situation like that, I probably would have gone on you. I'm like, how did you not cry? Yeah, I, most of the people on the team did. Okay, so walk me through this then. When the when you saw the scoreboard hit triple zeros, what, who was the first person you hugged? Uh, actually, my sister jumped on top of me. Like, I don't even know how she got down there. I just turned around, and there she was on top of me. Seems like every game she somehow gets down. She's definitely my biggest supporter. She's at every game. She's going crazy up there. I'm happy I don't have to sit by her. But I just turned around, and she's, like, killing me. I'm like, how did you even get down here? 
So what you're saying is your sister blindside tackled you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's a, I think that you can definitely attest to this as well, dude. But that's those are one of those memories that will always be engraved in the back of your mind. Am I am I right when I say that? Oh yeah, it'll engrave forever, man. So you mentioned your sister. Let's let's just stay along those lines then, because I'm always interested to, interested to hear um, athletes relationships with their parents or siblings or whatever it may be but what is that relationship like between you and your sister oh it's real good she's definitely a big supporter she like she likes to bake things for me whenever i whenever we win or i score a touchdown or something so like if i score a touchdown i'm like oh yeah there's some cake or something you know because she loves doing that for me and she's always there and she's making me shirts making me signs she's definitely and not just me my, my other brothers too man she loves us and she's always there for us being our biggest supporter in everything we do okay food wise what's the best thing your sister makes oh some oreo balls for sure Ooh, okay now we're talking here now we're talking okay what do we got oh, i just had a few a little bit ago you didn't you didn't offer anything? I mean, unbelievable, dude. Come on. What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, nah, I'm just messing with you though. I don't need Oreo balls. I I know, I know. But no, that's that's awesome though. That's awesome though. It's good to it's good to have that relationship as well. But okay. Sure. So you mentioned you mentioned your sister, and obviously when people play sports, they either say that it's a sisterhood or it's a brotherhood, however they may view it. But when you look at this brotherhood that you guys were able to develop this season you guys could have easily easily crumbled following what happened in the state title game in week one but how did you really see your guys come together as a as a brotherhood and as a band of brothers for that matter and really achieve what you guys were ultimately set out to do i mean honestly what's crazy to me is how all the guys on the team like you think about last year in the state championship we quarterback those five picks you would think some of the guys would start to turn on them, but no, all the, all the seniors, all the guys that came back, they all had my back. They're like, let's go, guys. Let's get to work. We're going to be back. And really, it, it just showed me how much like love and how much all these guys care. And I could tell in the offseason, we were working our butts off. We all wanted to go back so far, so hard. Like, we just wanted to go back. And when Wayne Harris came, he, he was he was like, let's go, guys. Let's work. And then even before we played Martinsburg uh, in the semifinals, he was like, it's a new year, Gav. You're going to go crazy. I had trust in him, gave him the ball, and he went crazy. It's really, I've never seen anything like it. All the guys truly love each other and have each other's back. So that's a good point that you brought up was that Martinsburg game and your semifinal game. What did that win mean for you all following what happened last season? It, it just showed that our guys were never going to give up. No matter who we play, we got down 21-14, looked like we were going to crumble. Somehow, some way, our guys fought through, making huge plays, and we and we did it. But the greatest thing is, as soon as it was over, we were focused on Park South because we wanted to win the whole thing. What did you learn about your team that really encouraged you leading into that Super Six final? That they were never going to give up. They were never going. They were never going to fold. Never going to quit. I mean, we we had been and honestly. I knew if it was a close game with Parksburg South, we were going to win because of how many situations we've been in where we've been down, people made mistakes. But instead of people getting mad at each other, like, let's go, let's get this, we're good. And there's so many guys on our team that are just such great leaders, like, like Gavin Atkins, Donovan Garrett, Robbie Martin, all these, all these guys, man. Jesse Atkins, they're, they're leaders. Like, they don't let nobody get down. They just keep pushing. They're not getting on people. They're just getting everyone to keep going. And that's really what I learned is just how great leadership we have this year.
Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna spend the next couple of minutes on the holiday season because I'm always a big Christmas guy. I mean, I'm obviously a big Thanksgiving guy with the food and Thanksgiving and everything, but there's not a whole lot of movies during Thanksgiving season. So whenever Christmas comes around, especially December one, I'm like, okay, I'm dialed in. What do we got? What's going on? My top two movies before we, before I open the floor up to you, I got to go Christmas Vacation with number one, obviously, and an Elf at number two. I'm a big Elf guy. When I ask you what's your favorite Christmas movie, what would you say? Well, you're going to hate me for this, but my often's coordinator gets on me too, cause, but I don't really watch movies. But if I had to pick one, it'd be Christmas Vacation because my family watches it. But I don't know. I just I just don't really watch movies. But my number one would definitely go Christmas Vacation because me and my family watch it every year. Okay, I have to be honest with you. When you said that, I immediately put my face into, my, into the palm of my hand. <laughs> you don't watch movies? No, not really. I'm not a big fan. I'm offense coordinator clowns on me every time he sees me. About <laughs> well, rightfully so. I mean, you gotta you gotta do something. You gotta watch the movies. I mean, you're probably more of like a video game or like a film guy, if anything. Am I right when I say that? Yeah, more of a more of a video game guy. I watch a lot of film, but like in my free time, I love to play some video games. Okay, now we're now we're talking. Okay, now we're talking. Because I asked Jordan Price, your one of your teammates, oh, this man. question. <laughs> But now he didn't. I didn't ask him who was the better player. He said that Madden was his go-to game. What, what's your go-to game? Well, it's funny because me and Jordan play Madden together all the time. Uh oh. That's another time. Like we play in the game mode where it's us two against another two, and like he controls the defense, I control the offense. So it's like funny because out there when we play a real game, he's captain of the defense, I'm captain of the offense. So it's, it's just funny how that really translates to real game. Now, who wins in a one-on-one? Oh, me, for sure. He's got me a few times, but overall, it's me. Well, who's your team then? I use everybody. I usually go for, like, the lower teams in the league. I like to use just different quarterbacks. I just use all the rookie quarterbacks, all those guys. Man, you're one of those guys, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. You're one of the – no, 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 no. I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest with you. You're one of those annoying players that likes to play with everybody, and you can never game plan against them, especially if it's a friend. Like I know I'm going to speak on Jordan's behalf. Because knowing Jordan, he knows he has to go up against you and he has to prepare for you. And when you come out here, you got like like Matt Ryan with the Indianapolis Colts. You're just like, he's like, what? He's never used him before. I don't know how to prepare for this. Yeah, I do some I do some sweaty things too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I come out there and ice him up. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, I know I know people are probably like, well, this is a sports show. Well, I like to have a little bit of fun. And, Gavin, I'm going to ask you this because I'll ask the same question I did for Jordan. Whenever you guys were on your way up, what what did the bus ride consist of? Did you watch film? Did you listen to music? Did you sleep? Walk me through that. Well, we, we'd watched so much so much film throughout the week. I tried. I kind of tried to get my mind off it that Friday, not to like stress myself out or get like nervous or anything. So honestly, I, I just me and JP, we just talked about different stuff, talked about video games, watched some watching YouTube streams, watched some Call of Duty. And then me and the guys were back there playing trivia. We were just having a good time trying not being too crazy, but not not trying to get stressed out by the game either. Trivia? You guys play trivia? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a different type of trivia. And we just kind of like, well, I don't know. It's not trivia, but someone will ask a question. People just got to blurt out the answer. Well, give me an example of one of the questions. It'll be something about like uh, like a two a two K song. Like someone will sing a song and be like, "What two K is this from?" Then someone's got to blurt out the answer. I love that. I love that because I love 2K soundtracks. I'm, no, I'm right there with you. Okay, now 
when I ask you, because I, I asked Jordan this question as well, who's the funniest guy on the team? Oh, man. <laughs> there are so many. Uh, probably probably Tyrus Mayo. I got to go with Tyrus. Okay, so you also mentioned a little bit of singing whenever you guys were doing your 2K. Who sings? Uh, his name's CD. They call him Lil CD. He's also a rapper. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, good deal, my man. It's a, it was a pleasure speaking with you again. Good luck the rest of the way. I know you're going to Dayton to further your uh, athletic and academic career, um, which is also where your dad played. So I wish nothing but the best for you down the line, dude. And good luck with the rest of the Scholastic season. I know you guys got to graduate here soon as well, which, by the way, as a former high school person as well, I mean, I know everybody went to high school, but mm. since we're ta- since the two of us are talking, soak it all in, dude. Take everything that you can and get it in because when you leave, I mean, obviously you're going to be playing football, but, like, mm. those memories in high school, dude, those memories will last forever. Believe me. Soak it all in, dude. I will. All right? I appreciate it, bro. All right, man. Well, have a great rest of your uh, holiday season, and good luck with school, and I'll talk to you soon, my man. Okay, thanks for grabbing me. Absolutely. That was Gavin Locko, quarterback from the state champion Huntington Highlanders. Up next, we will speak with Matt Green, the boys head basketball coach for the Capital Cougars here on the Kanawha Valley Sports Report. Welcome back into the Monday edition of the Kanawha Valley Sports Report. I'm your host, Taylor Kennedy. Thank you all for joining me. It was a busy weekend across sports, across the Mountain State. We talked about the Super 6 already. However, the Mountaineer basketball team, men's basketball team for that matter, took on the Xavier, the Xavier Musketeers, and they fell 84-74 to in the Centos Center on Saturday. Here's a couple things. After shooting 54% in the first half, They did not hit a field goal in the final four-plus minutes of that game. Xavier outscored the Mountaineers by 17 points following the Mountaineers going into the break, leading by seven, 43-36. And Xavier went on a 19-6 run over the final 6-46 to come away with an 84-74 victory in the Big East Big 12 contest. So a lot of different things to get into with this. West Virginia had three double-figure scores, and they were led by South Carolina and Wichita State transfer Eric Stevenson, who led the way for them, scoring 16 points. However, 14 of his 16 points came in the first half, and all of his three-pointers came in the first half as well. Then when you look at what else happened across the box score, Emmett Matthews and Jimmy Bell both contributed 12 points. Jimmy Bell actually had half of the Mountaineers' 12 points to start the second half. So he had a great game, especially in that second half as well. WVU has now lost two of their last four games, and they moved to 6-2. and two. They'll play Wednesday against the Navy Midshipmen. So we'll talk about that following the, um, the game on Thursday. And then Xavier, they moved to 6-3 and three on the season as well. So what did Coach Huggins have to say following his team's 10-point defeat at the hands of the Musketeers. Let's listen in to what Coach Huggins said to the media. Uh, Coach, uh, the last pretty much back-and-forth game, uh, 
tied at 70 with a little over five, and then from there it was uh, what, what was Xavier doing down the stretch that, that made the difference. They made shots and we didn't. They made shots. They got open shots, they made them, they made their free throws. We missed open shots and we missed free throws. Uh, Coach, Jerry McDonald with HD Media. You mentioned the other day uh, the turnovers. You need to try to clean those up. 12 tonight. Did a great job, didn't we? <laughs> how, do you, how do you try to do better at that moving forward? And what, Get what better players. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> I don't I mean, I, we, we spend an enormous amount of time trying to fix it. Maybe just do all dribble handoffs where they can hand it off and not have to pass them. Talking about rebounding, um, they had nine offensive rebounds for 14 second chance points against lost by 10. What was going on on the last three I said? Well, it was dribble penetration. So we have a, we haven't uh, we have a propensity to stand on the side of people and not get in front of them. And uh, you know, when you do that, when you're not in front of them, then they've got a straight line to the goal, and uh, then everybody else has to help. And they're they're in better rebound. They're on the end. They're inside rebound position. It has a lot to do with LeBron, that the idea that a lot of our guys just can't guard the wall. How how much is that, Petey uh, and Joe? Because that's been an area where they have been been good, but it seemed like that was maybe kind of an area where they struggled with struggled with tonight. I didn't think Joe struggled all that much, but just um, you know, it's a lot of want to. You know, it's a, it's, it's a lot of want to. Both of those guys, uh, when they really want to, are pretty good with it. <coughs> when you don't want to, you. Coach, how do you go about fixing straight line drives? I know Justin just mentioned Kedrian and Joe, but from a team aspect, how do you improve these straight line drives? Don't give them a straight line. I don't know what else to tell you. You don't give them a straight line. You know, you got you got to veer them off one way or the other. You got to take something away. We don't take anything away. When you stand on the side, you're you're saying, "Go ahead." Is that more something that happens in the pick and roll situation, or is that just a half court situation that allows you guys allows them to go downhill on you? We spent three days working on a pick and roll, and I thought we were I thought we were doing a better job, but obviously we weren't. I don't know. I mean, if you're a guard, if you're, if you're a guard, you should just stand there and wait for a. 290 pound guy to run over and guard your guy for you? Probably not. 
mention of Jimmy there. He does hedge pretty well and does help. Mo has been doing that well, but didn't seem like he did that tonight. Didn't seem like Mo was here tonight. Mo just didn't. Mo didn't have a very good day. And then, I don't. I don't have any idea. And then James is pretty mobile too. Are these things you think they can do? They can help hedge, redirect, cut those down, or do you have to look for a different defensive tactic? Um, I'm trying to be kind. Um, I, I, I have a hard time understanding why you don't stand in front of someone. Why do you start on the side? And it makes no sense to me. <clears throat> and honestly, I just told him, I just told him in there, I mean, I, I was a slow six foot four leg dude. But I stayed in front of people. Now, was I, you know, stealing the ball from them and, you know, pushing them here and there? No, but I was in front of them and they had to shoot it over top of me. I don't know what's so hard about that. And did your team kind of lose its cool in the last few minutes? Did what? Did your team lose its cool, lose its a little bit in the last few minutes, lose composure? I don't know. You know, when you guys ask me those, I wonder why we don't line them up and bring them in here. I have no damn idea why they, what happened, I mean, or why. I know, I know we got our tails kicked. Um, they made shots. We didn't make shots. We missed, we missed, uh, we missed two free throws, and, and then two of our better shooters go to the line for uh, a one-on-one, and they missed the front, front end. Both of them missed the front end. Now you're looking at six points that we gave away, six points that would have put us, I don't know, up one or, or down one or up two or whatever, but it would have kept us in the game. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. And that's, <clears throat> that's frustrating for everyone. I guarantee it was frustrating for our fans at home. It was frustrating for our fans in the stands. It was frustrating for the guys on the bench. It's hard to understand. Last question, please. Bob, I know you've been back here uh, plenty of times in Cincinnati. Was, was it any different, any more unique tonight, just coaching back in Cincinnati, uh, coaching against Xavier again? No. no. It was just, I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, Sean's a friend, and and I've known Sean since Sean was a little kid, and, and uh, I'm happy for Sean. Much like, you know, I'm happy for all the other guys I like. But, um, no. Um, I'm, disappoint I'm disappointed in our effort. I'm disappointed in, in the way we played the game. Um, but other than that, no. Seems like the same people still there. That was head coach Bob Huggins following WVU's 84-74 defeat 
to Xavier in the Centas Center on Saturday. Up next, we'll put a bow on this show. We'll talk about a college player that I would like to highlight for this show. And that will come up next following the break here on the Kanawha Valley Sports Report. Welcome back in to the Kanawha Valley Sports Report on this, the fifth day of December 2022. Thank you all for joining me. A lot of stuff was given throughout the course of this episode, so I give a lot of credit to my guest. Special thanks to Gavin Locko, quarterback from Huntington High School, and the boys head basketball coach at Capitol, and head coach Matt Green. So thanks to him, as the Cougars will get ready for the upcoming 2022-23 season. So, like I said earlier, we're going to be highlighting a different college player Whatever sports they're playing, we're going to try and highlight them each and every show to try and give them a little bit of love moving forward because they're obviously busting their butt at the college level doing what they love most. So let's start here. The player I will be highlighting is former Polka Dot Isaac McNeely. Now, Isaac was a recipient of last season's Bill Evans Award. He averaged 21 points per game for Alan Osborne, and he led the Polka Dots to the state championship game and they finished the season 26-1. and McNeely became the first polka dot ever to win the Bill Evans Award. Now you're thinking, well, that's in the past. What is he doing now? Well, I'll tell you because I'm happy to. He is now playing collegiately at the University of Virginia for head coach Tony Bennett. The Cavaliers currently sit number three in the latest Associated Press poll, and Virginia is off to a great start going 7-0, including wins over number five Baylor, and number 19, Illinois. McNeely has played in all seven games, and he is currently averaging four points per game. His best performance came against Monmouth in the Cavaliers' second game of the season. He posted 15 points, shooting 67% from long distance, and on the season, he is currently shooting 43% from three-point range. Virginia's next game will come on Tuesday against James Madison at 8 p.m. You can find that game on the ACC network, and we are trying to get Jimmy Miller, who is a former Bill Evans Award winner from Princeton, on the show to discuss McNeely. And if you're thinking, well, what does Miller have to do with this? Well, Miller actually played with Ralph Sampson at the University of Virginia. He was actually named the MVP of the East region whenever he and his team made it to the Final Four way back in the 80s. So we'll talk with him. He also currently serves as the color analyst for the Cavaliers men's basketball team. So a lot of different angles, and we'll go with with Jimmy coming up hopefully later on this week. So you will not want to miss that coming up on Thursday. But again, Isaac McNeely, a great start, former Bill Evans Award recipient. He's doing good things for head coach Tony Bennett down at the University of Virginia, down in Charlottesville. So congratulations to him on a terrific start. Who do you want me to give you an update on? Who do you want to hear about? Who do you want to try and get to know a little bit better? Tweet at me. Tweet at me at Taylor underscore Kennedy seven or shoot me a DM. I, I love to hear from you. I love to hear who you'd like to um, hear how they're doing at the collegiate level. So we'll talk about that coming up on Thursday. Again, we'll try and do this every week and every uh, every show as well. So you will not want to miss that as we continue to move forward throughout the rest of the winter season. We will try and talk with the women's head basketball coach at West Virginia State coming up on Thursday. They are currently off to a 6-1 and one record, 3-1 and one in conference. They are currently tied for second in a five-way tie for second alongside Glenville State, Wheeling, 
Charleston and Fairmont State for that second place spot in the Mountain East Conference women's basketball. When you also look at what the Yellow Jackets have done this season, 5-0 and at home. So a lot of great success playing at West Virginia State University. So we'll try and hook up with the women's head basketball coach from West Virginia State later on this week. So again, follow me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Kennedy 7. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, including Apple Podcast and Spotify. Follow the 580WCHS Twitter at 580WCHS. You can also follow the Metro News Twitter page at WV Metro News. Also, go on our website at WVMetroNews.com. And the 580WCHS website is at WCHSNetwork.com. This will conclude the Monday edition, December 5th, 2022. Again, I'm your host, Taylor Kennedy, signing off for this Monday. And I will see you all then on Thursday. This has been the Kanawha Valley Sports Report. <laughs>